0: Turn with me, please, to uh, Matthew, the eighth chapter. We begin a few weeks ago on a subject we're calling the greatest faith. The greatest faith. There are two instances in uh, recorded in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in the ministry of Jesus, where he marveled at an individual's faith. It's the centurion and the Syrophoenician woman. And he said in this passage that he had not seen this kind of faith so great, which could also be translated, you know, the greatest. That's where I got the title so great faith, he said, not in the whole nation. That included his own uh, disciples. That included, of course, all the preachers and all the uh, priests and the theologians that were throughout the nation. Right? right. And uh, you see an interesting thing that you often don't find faith where you think you would find it. And you you can find amazing faith in people and from places you would not think you would find that kind of faith. And one of the reasons why it's surprising to people is not understanding what great faith is. Do we care about this? Look with me here in in, uh, Matthew 8 and uh, verse 5. When Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came to him a centurion beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lies at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them that followed, verily I say to you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. Everybody say great faith. Go to Luke, please, the 7th chapter. Luke chapter 7, and we'll begin in verse 1, and I'm going to read this from the uh, complete Jewish Bible translation, the CJB. Luke 7, 1, it says, when Yeshua had finished speaking to the people, that's Jesus, he went back to Kephar Nashum. A Roman army officer there had a servant he regarded highly who was sick to the point of death. Hearing about Yeshua, man, that's where everything changes, when you hear about Jesus. Hearing about Yeshua, the officer sent some Jewish elders to him with the request that he come and heal his servant. They came to Yeshua and pleaded earnestly with him. He really deserves to have you do this. Now, we talked about that the last time on this. He really deserves to have you do this, for he loves our people. In fact, he built the synagogue for us. So, Yeshua went with them. He had not gone far from the house when the officer sent friends who said to him, Sir, don't trouble yourself. I'm not worthy to have you come under my roof. Now, we've been talking about the characteristics of the greatest faith. What what was different about this man and the Syrophoenician woman that caused them, allowed them to have faith that was so much greater than everybody else? And of course, great faith receives great miracles. Great faith pleases God greatly. So, what what is it about this man? One thing we see is that he he humbled himself and he didn't feel an act entitled. Right. Though they told Jesus he deserves it, he himself said no. No, I'm not worthy. I don't deserve it. Now we know that in Christ we've been made righteous. We've been made worthy. And so A lot of folks that have that revelation, they don't like to hear the phrase, I'm not worthy. But the fact is, it's still true in you. (laughs) You're not. We are in him. Don't leave off those last two words. Right? And um, this feeling of entitlement, you know, that because of what I've done, I should get this that will prevent you from receiving grace. Everything that God does for us is by His grace. Well, grace is a free gift. If you've earned it, it can't be grace. Mm -hmm. If you feel like somebody owes you something, then you've made it impossible for them to be gracious to you. If they do what you think they owe you, you won't even be thankful. You think it's owed to you. <laughs> Come on, can you see this? It's one of the ugliest things on the planet. This self-deserving entitlement attitude. And You even hear people say, well, something goes wrong in their life. I don't understand. What did I ever do to deserve this? The answer is lots. <laughs> <laughs> Plenty. Why? Because the wages of sin is death. Have you ever sinned and messed up and come short of the glory of God? Everybody has. Then if you get what you deserve, you will be separated from God. You will experience vexation, no peace, no joy. You'll be defeated. You'll die young and go to hell. So you don't want to talk about what you deserve. We want to talk about mercy. And grace. Yes. And if you... Faith is based on the grace of God. We're saved by grace through faith. We're healed by grace through faith. God supplies our needs by grace through faith. Well, if it's by grace, you don't deserve it. That's right. Amen. If you deserve it, it can't be by grace. And if, uh, you know, if you're talking about healing... And endeavoring to believe God for healing. Don't bring up to God what a good Christian you are. How faithful you are to go to church. How much you've given. See, that's implying he owes you healing because of something you've done. You'll never receive that way. Amen. Are y'all with me, friends? Don't you bring up to him what you've done. Trying to imply that he owes you something. All these things have already been bought. They've already been paid for. Before you and I were born, they are free gifts. He owes you nothing, but you get to enjoy everything if you'll receive it by faith. And so a big we, we talked about that. A big quality of being able to have the greatest faith is that you have no attitude of entitlement. You have no, no thought about I deserve this or it's owed to me. Listen, if you want more of that, we, we preached on it for an hour. So you can go back and get the uh, other message. It, it's, how many think it would be worth their time if they, didn't, if they didn't hear it? So, secondly then, here's another thing. A key to what kind of person or heart can have the greatest faith. He said, sir, don't trouble yourself. I'm not worthy to have you come under my roof, verse 7 This is why I didn't presume. Everybody say presume. Presume. I didn't presume to approach you myself. Instead, just give a command and let my servant recover. Thank you, Lord. Are you you believing God to to get a hold of this? Can you have a faith that Jesus would marvel at? Now, that's a high thought. Is that a high thought? Or he did with this man. He marveled. Well, if he could do it, why couldn't you do it? Why couldn't I do it? Why is this in the Bible? For our benefit. For us to learn. He said, this is why I didn't presume to approach you myself. Now, we, we've already gone over this, but I'll repeat it quickly. A centurion was an officer in the Roman army. He's a man that had served as a soldier for some years himself, had to be at least 30 years old, had to have, for the day, you know, quite educated. Most people couldn't read. He had to be able to read and write because he had to be able to read orders and pass them. And uh, he had to be skilled in the different arts of like handling a bow and a sword and a shield because he also trained his men. And he had to inspire confidence and morale in his men. He'd have at least 100 men under him. Some of them had two or 300. And uh, he led from the front in battle. <laughs> he wasn't just in the back saying, go get him. <laughs> He's in the front. And uh, uh, they had so much authority that normally a Roman citizen couldn't be punished You know, without a proper trial and this and that. But a centurion carried a staff. And if he thought somebody was out of line, even a Roman citizen, he could correct them in the street. They had authority. Well, the Jewish people were in occupied territory by the Romans. The Romans were in control. And so can you see what kind of humility we're talking about when he sends the Jewish leaders to a preacher and tells him, I'm not worthy to come to you personally. Come on, can you see this, friends? Because he technically, legally, he's the one in control over here. And yet, he has enough discernment and enough spirituality about him to acknowledge that Jesus is a higher authority spiritually than he is. This is a very big deal. Everybody say higher authority. higher authority. This man had gotten to know some things about God, obviously. Well, why would he want to build him a synagogue? You know? And when he heard about Jesus, and he heard what was happening in his meetings, and he heard about the miracles and, and the healings and deliverances, he had a, a servant who's at the point of death and suffering, I guess in pain. And so he discerns. Everybody say discern. Discerns. He discerns that here is somebody. Now, he probably did not see him as the Messiah, as the Son of God. He probably didn't have that revelation. But he discerns that he, here's somebody chosen of God, appointed by God anointed of God to do these things and he respected it and he acknowledged it and he humbled himself and submitted himself under this higher anointing. By asking the elders to go, by sending words and no, I, I don't consider myself, is he acknowledging Jesus' place over him? Can you see this, friends? What are we talking about? The greatest faith. What does this have to do with the greatest faith? Everything. Which is why sometimes people have been surprised by where you find it. It's been a lack of understanding of what faith actually is. Notice these words, verse 8. He had said, You know, just give the command, and my servant will recover. He said, for I too, what does that mean? I too means something else. Also, I too what? He's saying, this is under you. This what? Sickness. (laughs) Sickness is under you. And you, he's saying, I am a man who understands rank. I'm a man who understands authority and rank. And notice he keeps using this word. I am a man set under. Everybody say under. Under Under authority. And I have soldiers what? Under. Under me. Now this is key to understanding the greatest faith. I am a man under authority and I have soldiers under me. And uh, what does that mean? He he explains. I say to this one, go. And he goes. Why? Because he's under me. I'm over him. And I say to another one, come. And what does he do? He comes. comes. Why? Because he's under me. I'm over him. And I I tell my slave, do this. And what happens? He does does it. Why? Why? Because he's under me. I'm over him. Why is he going through this? Because he's he's acknowledging. You're over it. And no wonder Jesus marveled. Here's a man. Never been to seminary. Right? A a rough tough guy. Fighter. Soldier. Leader of men in battle. And. uh, But has spiritual discernment that the rulers of the synagogue don't have a clue about. Come on, can you see this? That the people that spend all their time studying the law, the doctors of the law, are completely oblivious to. Because John says he came unto his own, and what? They didn't receive him. But here's a man, what is his background? I don't know, but in that country... Roman was it. No matter what you used to be, you can forget that, you're Roman. Especially him, right? A centurion? He's Roman. Well, they worshiped all kind of gods. All kind of stuff. But he, by the grace of God, hears about Jesus. Whatever he saw or heard about it, in his heart, he said, this man's over it. Oh, somebody say glory to God. Glory this to God. man, this man's over this. Well, he must be. He commands evil spirits to leave. Isn't that what he's saying? He tells them to go, and they go. We, we read on one occasion that Jesus came into Peter's mother-in-law's house, or Peter's house, and his mother-in-law was laid sick of a fever. She was uh, perhaps delirious, near death. Dr. Luke said she had a great, taken of a great fever, so she's out of her head. And the Bible said that Jesus came into the room and rebuked the fever. Years ago, I read that and I thought, now hold on. Jesus is not talking to Peter's mother in law, he's not praying, he's not talking to the Father. Who's he talking to? a fever. Jesus is talking to a fever. And I thought, can fevers hear? Can a fever hear? I read the rest of the verse. It said, and it left her. I said, yep. Fevers can hear. If a fever can hear, a headache can hear. Stomach problem can hear. Cancer can hear. Come on, y'all with me. A kidney can hear. A lung can hear. Jesus spoke to fevers, wind, waves, trees. All of this was created by words. It shouldn't shock us that it can be changed by words. But why would it obey him? It's under him. Come on, can you see this? Why would a fever have to obey him? Because he's over it in authority in order to have great faith you got to give god his place yeah. over you you've got to take your place under. under him and if you do that it'll put you in a place to put evil things under your feet Amen. oh come on can you see this oh somebody say thank you lord thank you. That was worth you getting up, combing your hair, coming out. What do you think? <laughs> right there. He said, I am a man under authority, and I have soldiers under me. Go with me, if you would, to the book of James. James chapter 4 and verse 6. James 4, 6. It says, He, God, gives more grace, wherefore he says, God resists the proud now you could also say the entitled self entitled self deserving because wrong thinking and pride is the only reason you'd think such a thing you know who owes you anything just because you were born (laughs) who owes you anything just because you woke up this morning and because you're you who are you? Now you'll hear, you hear people you know, demand and say, well, we, we all deserve this and that. Said who? Based on what? Where'd you get this idea? Just because you're alive, you deserve certain things? We've already talked about what we deserve. If you've failed, if you've sinned, if you've come short of the glory of God, you don't deserve anything good. But that's why, thank God, Jesus took our place. And he took what he didn't deserve. Mm -hmm. Right? right. The punishment, the scourging, the cross, the judgment, the going to the heart of the earth. All the judgment for our failures fell on him. He didn't deserve any of that. But he took it. So we could get what we didn't deserve. Come on, do you believe it? Blessing, a place in the kingdom of God. Name written in the Lamb's book of life. Eternal place in the family of God. You don't deserve it. Any more than he deserved the punishment. But you get to have it. If you will humbly. Everybody say humbly. 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 Acknowledging you don't deserve it. Acknowledging nothing's owed to you. Now now do you know why I keep circling back around to 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 this. We live in a society. Where people think everything's owed to them. You know, people think pay is owed to them without work. (laughs) People think favor, a place, is owed to them. Why? Just because they're alive. This is ignorance. This is deception. Nobody owes you anything. God didn't owe you anything just because you're alive. But because of what Jesus has done, we get all kind of things we don't deserve, That's right. we didn't earn, we don't merit. It's just given to us as a free gift. Yeah. Can you say amen? amen? In order to receive that, it takes faith. And part of faith is acknowledging His place above or over, and our taking our place below or under Notice, God resists the proud, and he gives grace to the humble. Who gets the grace? Not the proud. The proud get resisted. You don't want to get resisted. Who gets the grace? Verse 7. Read it with me. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Now, the word submit is the same idea we just got through reading about under. It means literally to rank under. To submit means to rank under. You can look it up, Strong's, Vines, you'll see that. To rank or arrange under. Submit yourselves to God. Take your rank under God. You, You and God equal in rank? (laughs) <laughs> you have to ask these questions because people are so mixed up in their minds. Are, oh, we're all equal. We're all, everybody's equal. <laughs> Based on what? We're going to get into this eventually. We are loved equally. We all have equal rights and privileges in the redemptive work of Christ. We don't all have the same place in the body. We'll show you scriptures about this as we go, but it begins here. If you don't get this, there's no need talking about the other. Submit yourselves to who? Who's going to make you do this? Nobody. The understood subject here is what? You. You. Who's going to submit you to God? Only you. Because He's not going to make you do it. So if you don't submit you to God, you won't be submitted to God. Period. And that's one of the biggest differences between submission in God and in the kingdom and the way the world does things. In the world, controlled by the enemy, things are are by force. People in control force people under them to do what they want them to do. That's the devil. This is not the kingdom of God. In the kingdom of God, no matter what your place is in the body of the church, you're never supposed to try to make somebody do something. Ever. What if they won't do it? Well, then they won't do it. It'll cost them, but God won't make them. You shouldn't try. And He won't make us submit to it. But... You can submit yourself. And this truth, the enemy, it's not that these things are hard to understand. It's the enemy is scared of this. He is terrified of this revelation we're talking about now. And so he will do everything he can to get you, your mind bent against this idea. Because if you ever give God the proper place he's supposed to have in your life, and take your place under him. Read the rest of this verse. Resist the devil. Who's gonna resist the devil? Same person that submits themselves to God. Now which comes first, resisting the devil or submitting yourself to God? You're not in a position to resist the devil unless and until you submit yourself to God. Why? The scripture also says give the devil no place, well, that would be yielding to the enemy. If you yield to the enemy, he knows he doesn't have to yield to you. you. remember Jesus said when it came time to go to the cross, he said, the prince of darkness of this world comes and he has nothing in me. Amen. Don't you like that phrase? Yes. What does that mean? The master is saying, I have not yielded to the enemy at all I'm not under him yeah, right. at all he's got nothing mm-hmm. in me Praise the Lord. oh don't you like that brother yeah. and you see in the, the temptation in the wilderness mm-hmm. the enemy was trying to get him under him that's right. remember he showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time he said all this has been given to me is that true it is true. If, if it wasn't true, it wouldn't have been a temptation. That's right. Jesus would have known if it wasn't true. We're still talking about the same thing. How in the world did all the kingdoms of the world come under the enemy? Adam and Eve yielded to him. Come on, can you see this? They yielded to him. If you'd have been submitted to God, you'd have done exactly what he told you to do. Is that right? Right. You wouldn't have ate the fruit, you you wouldn't have done, but they got out from under God. Stopped listening to him, unhooked from him. Stopped obeying him, did what the enemy suggested, which is given him a place over you and taken a place under him, and that's when 2 Corinthians 4, 4 talks about Satan became the God of this world. And he still is today. Mm -hmm. Satan is the God of this world. That's not going to last forever. But right now, that's the case. In fact, 1 John talks about it. Uh, Am am I moving too fast? Am I giving you too much too quick here? I think you can take it. What do you think? (laughs) Where is that scripture? I got excited. (laughs) And... uh, lost my notes here first john first john 519 thank you lord first john 519 he says we know that we are of god and the whole world lies in wickedness that's the king james look at the niv the whole world is under the control of the evil one Under. You see that word again? Under. Under. What did James say? Submit yourself to God. How do you do that? Has to be a heart thing. God would know if it's just lip service. Right? If it's just empty talk. He would know. Has to be a heart thing. What do you do? You acknowledge. I am not God. I'm not my own God. I didn't create myself. I certainly didn't create the planet I'm standing on. I didn't create our star, or the sun, the oxygen I'm breathing. There's a Creator. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. There's a Creator. He's awesome. He's mighty. I bow my knees. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Yeah. before the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. I, I submit myself. Under, everybody say under, under, under. under. Now see, the enemy hates that word under. Oh, you talk about somebody who hates something. The devil hates submission. What did he do? How did he wind up where he is now? He rebelled. Come on, can you see this? He rebelled and he didn't have a reason to rebel. God never mistreated him, even though he had so much and had been given so much. He wasn't created a devil. He was created an anointed cherub with amazing beauty and amazing wisdom and amazing abilities. And who knows how long he was working in the things of God. We don't know how many eons that happened, but at some point, the Bible said iniquity was found in him. God didn't put it there. He used the the amazing wisdom God had given him and corrupted it. He did it himself. And fathered lying. God didn't create lying and deceiving. The devil did. And he is so wise and so persuasive, he convinced a third of the angels that they did not have to be under God. They are going to break free from God's rulership. Now, this, this just sounds crazy to us, yeah. but you weren't there, That's right. Right? That's right? And we've only been alive this long. We're talking about beings that have been around for millions of years, billions of years, Someone says, is there life out there? Oh, yeah. (laughs) And they're not Terran. They're not from earth. Angels, evil spirits. And uh, he threw off God's authority. And what's the first thing he does when God creates his man in the perfect environment and garden. Everything's perfect. There's no curse. There's no death. Nothing evil. He comes to influence the man to do what? Break away. Not listen to God's commands. Come on, can you see this? And that's why the earth is in the mess that it's in right now. It's because of human beings Throwing off God's authority, refusing to submit to him, and insisting on doing their own thing and being independent, it is the scourge of the planet. It is the cause of all the pain down here, defiance and disobedience and rebellion. And that's why when you start talking about submission (laughs) and being under somebody, people's flesh just flares up and goes, under? I'm an American. <laughs> I ain't under nobody. <laughs> then you're not under God. Right. Who are you under? That's an important question. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> but it's the enemy that is full of defiance and rebellion. I mean, if God said yes, the devil would say no without thinking. You understand what I'm saying? If God said do it, the devil will say, I'm not going to do it. Do you want the nature of the devil in you? No. Do you want to yield? Do you want to be like this? No. And just, I don't claim to know, you know, a whole lot about God. I haven't been alive that long. But one thing I keep seeing over and over, and I've discerned this, I believe, personally from him. He has been angered and hurt by this. I'm talking about God himself. A lot of things happened before Genesis. (laughs) We know nothing about. But apparently, creation after creation that God has made angels, whatever the evil spirits were before, human beings, time after time, God's creation has risen up against him and defied him and rebelled against him. And and it has hurt him and it has angered him. And I've made up my mind, I'm not going to be like that. How about you? I'm not going to be like that. After what he's done for you and me, yes. why should we have a problem acknowledging? I mean, why should we have a problem saying, I ain't the biggest thing around? I mean, that's only, you would have have to have much intelligence to just look around and go, there's got to be something bigger than me, yeah. right? <laughs> why would we have a problem willingly? Willingly, somebody say willingly. Willingly, Willingly, gladly, submitting ourselves to Him. Having no problem bowing down, getting on our knees. Is that right? Getting on our face. And saying, The Lord, He is God. I don't have a breath unless you give it to me. And in that act of submission, you actually move into a place of authority. Oh, is anybody listening? And take in that act of submission, you move into a place of power for what is under you. Oh, come on. Can you see that? Come on. Read it again. James 4, 7. What did he say do? Again, understood subject is you. You submit yourself to God. Then What? Can you see what I'm talking about? In, in taking your place under him, you just moved into a position of power over the enemy. Now, because you're listening to God, the enemy has to listen to you. Oh, you, If that dawns on your spirit, it'll change your life. What if you won't listen to God? What if you won't listen to it? He's been trying for 10 years to get you to go to church. Just something that simple. And you won't do it. He's been trying to get you to do this, trying to get you to do that. And you won't do it. Well, in refusing to listen to God, you're listening to somebody else. Who's inspiring you to rebel against God? Who's influencing you to be stubborn? to be hard-headed and resistant to something that's good. It's the enemy. So if you're yielding to it, you have given the enemy a place over you. You've taken a place under him and then something comes up and you start trying to rebuke and bind the devil. He knows he doesn't have to listen to you because you're listening to him. And so instead of despising submission, we should love submission. Because submission puts us in a place of protection and puts us in a place of power. Oh, I've never said that just like that before. And I know it's the Spirit of God. Submission puts us in a place of protection under God. And it puts us in a place of power over the enemy. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody say glory to God, glory to God. Glory to God. How many believe Jesus didn't marvel over nothing? when well, this centurion made a couple of little phrases. Jesus didn't turn around and go, oh, isn't that amazing, over nothing. When he said, this is the greatest faith I have seen. And that's, you got to remember, he's not saying there's no faith in the country. The people with him have some faith. They're following him. That's some faith right there. The 70, there were thousands upon thousands, scores of thousands of people that were following him in these meetings. There was faith in the country. He just said, I hadn't seen faith like this. This is the greatest faith I have seen. And why? Because of this rough soldier's revelation of authority. Without realizing it, he had insight into spiritual reality. Right. things he had learned in the military mm-hmm. actually truths carried over into the spirit he wasn't aware of mm-hmm. but something told him in his spirit just like you got people over you and they got people over them generals all the way to the top to Caesar and you got people under you and when commands are given things happen Amen. he perceived this man has authority wouldn't be too hard to figure out. He commands spirits and they leave. He talks to fevers and they go. He, he speaks to the dead and they raise. You don't have to be too perceptive to go, he got to have authority. Because it's doing what he tells it to do. So he, he goes, well, I, man, we got the answer right here for my servant. we got the answer for my servant. If I can just get him, request him to give a command then we got it. Amen. Speak the word only. Amen. Don't you like that phrase? Yes. Speak the word only. Also could be translated, give the command. Give the command, that's all we need. Just, just give the command. And then he explains why he's so sure of that. Because I'm a man, help me out, Christian. Yes. under authority, and I have men, soldiers, under me. Submit yourself. Take your place under God. Then do what? Make that low down, lying, destroying rascal take his place under you, under your feet. Tell him when to shut up, when to stop. Come on, y'all, listening. And him resist the devil. What what would he say? What's the next phrase say? He will go and he'll go. Do it and he'll do it. But it's not going to happen if you don't do the first part. If you don't listen to God, and when he tells you go, you go. When he tells you do this, you do it. You submit yourself to him, and in giving him his place over you, taking your place under him, that puts you in a place of protection, and it puts you in a place of power and authority, so now you can speak to the enemy under you, and he has to obey. Glory be to God. Oh, somebody say, glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. God. Thank you, Lord. Let's stand up and lift up our hands and just thank the Lord for a minute. Father, we worship you. We give you thanks. We give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. praise. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank.